Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Hola, happy Friday. It is our final show for 2019. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to all of you. I'm Steve Dace. Welcome to the Blaze Radio, TV, and Podcast Network. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. Hopefully you enjoyed yesterday's part one of our two-episode look back at the year that was 2019 with the year-end Dace Group. Our good friend Shannon Joy joining us for a lot of rapid-fire uh, remembrance. Really appreciated that. And now, gentlemen, it's just going to be the three of us as we look back over what were the top 10 news stories of the year. We're going to look back at uh, the 10 predictions I made back in January. Our first show back from Christmas vacation last January I predicted 10 things that I thought were trends I thought we'd see in 2019. Now, you guys will recall, my 2018 predictions were freaking cash money, homie. Like one of the best years I've ever had. I do recall that. So we'll see. The bar is pretty high, and I think we all know, without even knowing off the top of my head, I predicted 12 months ago, I think we all know that I don't have staying power and probably won't match that pace, but I'll give it a shot nonetheless. And then... You get the last word with some feedback Friday, and we'll get through as much of that to clean out the inbox before we say goodbye to 2019 as we possibly can. And if you want to give us your feedback, steve at stevedace.com is how you can do so. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show, and our special two-part episode, Year in Review, brought to you by our good friends at Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling with chronic pain as a result of too much inflammation in the body, Relief may be one website visit away for you. If you go to relieffactor.com and sign up for the three-week starter kit, it would make all of your dreams come true. Well, it won't do that, but it could very well help you win the battle against inflammation in your body. Now, hey, I was dubious as well when I you know, came over here, and I'd, I'd be a guest on shows before The Blaze picked up my show, and I'd be like, listening to them rave about this product. Like, is it that good? And then they asked me to try it earlier this year. And I can personally attest that it is. It's now part of my daily regimen. And I tried it just the same way I'm urging you to try it as well with the three-week starter kit. My favorite two things about Relief Factor, 100% drug-free, even though it's an all-natural formula created by physicians. All right, that tells me they get it. Okay, so if you want to get it, Get it right now, way below cost, for about a dollar a day for three weeks. Just try it. See if you like it. See if you see results. They're so confident you're going to, they're practically handing it to you for nothing because they think you're coming back for more later. Get the three-week quick start for a dollar a day at relieffactor.com. Again, that's relieffactor.com. Gentlemen, you too have put your heads together to select the top 10 news stories for 2019 from 10 to 1, right? So we're ranking these in, dis- in ascending order, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Let's begin. I've not seen these yet, so I'm going to react in real time alongside the audience. That's always a ton of fun. Let's begin with number 10. Kanye West turned heads this year with the release of his album, Jesus is King, with overtly Christian lyrics like, they say the weak start on Monday, but the strong start on Sunday won't be in bondage to any man. John 8.3.3, we the descendants of Abraham, ye should be made free. John 8.3.6, to whom the sun sets free is free indeed. He saved a wretch like me. It was definitely a departure from his earlier projects, perhaps... Even more surprising were comments he made in the wake of his album release like these. They were fighting for us to have the right 
to our opinion, not the right to vote for whoever the white liberals said black people are supposed to vote for. You get what I'm saying? And then James Corden went in and said, well, this president, you're Christian, and this president, I don't see anything Christian about him. I said, okay, so last year y'all tried to tell me who I'm supposed to vote for because I'm black. Now this year, white liberals trying to tell me who I'm supposed to vote for because I'm Christian. That would be like, I live in Calabasas, so everyone in my car has got to be a convertible, huh? Right. It's just all based on y'all vision of what I'm supposed to do. And I understand, like, a lot of people, it's not a matter of whether you like it or who like it. We are in a country where we're allowed to like whatever we like. <laughs> what do you say to people that say you, turn, you turned your back on the culture or Exactly, 100%. People. I have turned my back on the idea of victimization mentality. We are locked up. We went from one and four. We went from one and four to one and three, but we always pointing at the white people. But the culture has you focused so much on somebody and pulling up in a foreign and rapping about things that could get you locked up and then saying you about prison reform. Mm. Like, it's, bro, we brainwashed out here, bro. Come on, man, this is a free man talking. Democrats had us voting Democrats for food stamps for years, bro. What is you talking about? Guns in the 80s, taking the fathers out the home, plan B, lowering our votes, making us abort our children. God should not kill. Kanye West conversion, question mark. That is the number 10 story of the year. Well, without having seen the other nine, and it's been a while since we've seen that video. That's from a few months ago, if I recall, mm-hmm. when, the, when the album first came out. And, um, and I've got a little bit more of a perspective on this now because I've, I've gone from extremely dubious to just um, patiently skeptical. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I've gone from I've just I've just been worked over so many times that I'm from Missouri, you gotta show me. And, you know, when a guy named Saul shows up to the apostles and says, Hey, my name's Paul now, and I, I'm 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 here to help lead the Christians, not kill them. I don't think Peter, James, John, and the rest of the disciples said in five minutes later, Hey, yeah, in fact we got a seat right here for you. Now it took them like three years, I think was the actual time, uh, to convince them and for him to be molded and then to convince them that he was legit. If, 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 if this is legit, I, I don't want to be... Let me rethink this in real time. Okay. I'll stick with it. If this is legit, I think it has the potential to be one of the, one of the biggest stories in recent American history. And here's why. He's not white. He is an icon in what is the most influential platform in America today. You guys, you guys have always heard me say that, that pop culture is more influential than the, than the dinner table, the classroom, um, the boardroom. It is the most influential platform in America today. And he is an icon and he's not white. And his wife's an icon, by the way, as well. If this is legit, I mean, he has the potential to be, this, this has the potential to have an, an apostolic yep. mission because of his ability to transcend traditional fault lines in a culture, similar to Paul. 
you know, who was uh, who was both a Roman citizen and a Jew. And there weren't very many of them. And he was in good standing in both of those camps, which is why he was called, because he could go places that the average, he could go to every synagogue the average Roman citizen was not going to be allowed in because they were pagan and uncircumcised. And he could go anywhere freely within the empire because the average Jew couldn't go because he was actually a Roman citizen. So he was given, granted civil liberties and status the vast majority of Jews, maybe 99.5% of them didn't have. He has that kind of access from a pop culture standpoint. And I, I, I think you could, I mean, if, if this is legit, and especially, it, and, and it, not just if his conversion is legit, but if, but if he plans on utilizing his, con, his conversion in the fashion that he is right there in that video to keep having conversations like that, that that's, that's where fault lines in a, in a culture get rearranged. Uh, and, and people that aren't used to hanging out with each other or talking to each other start having conversations with each other when they thought there was this moat between them and they, and they suddenly realize there's, we got a lot more in common here than we thought. And I, I, I think, you know, to me, I don't think this is an in-between with this story. I'll leave it with this final thought. This is either, this is a sign of, to me, this is a sign of the times one way or the other. This is either the most elaborate Cynical, Elmer Gantry, Jim Baker, um, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr., um, uh, Oral Roberts, Jimmy Swaggart, pick your name. All roll them all into one. And this this is like all of those roll to combined times 10 in terms of just how great of an elaborate hoax this all is to deceive the masses. It's that. Or it's apostolic, and I don't. I don't think there will be an in between. Yeah, agreed. And it's it's number ten. It is a huge story, but it's number ten for kind of the same reason why there is a picture of Ted Cruz on that bookshelf behind you. Mm-hmm. But it's where is it? You know, we don't want to. We don't want to glorify people too much. That's at least that was my motivation for for putting it number ten. It deserves to be on the list. But if it's you know if it's the number one story, then. You get what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. I hear you. Ready for number nine? I am. All right. Notre Dame burns a symbol of Judeo-Christian Western civilization burned on an otherwise quiet, random day in April. The blaze destroyed the roof, an iconic spire. Ancient windows of the vaulted ceiling were also damaged. No concrete cause of the fire has yet been discovered, though investigators contend that a cigarette... Or an electrical failure could be to blame. Right. Um, absolutely belongs on the list. And I think it's it's serendipitous that you two put these two back to back together. Because here is an ode to traditionalism. I mean, this, this sanctuary has stood for, for centuries. And, and how many people did we see on Twitter... And in real time, you know, crying, melting down over the loss of a church, how many of them ever actually stepped foot in it, let alone any church, with any, that represented any semblance of orthodoxy whatsoever? I mean, and, and I think a lot of people were weeping over like a, a corpse they already knew was, that they already treated as if it was dead. Um, and so I, I, I think the symbolism 
of putting those two stories back to back together. Um, I, I think that's, that can be pretty powerful, especially if, if what, what's going on with Kanye is ends up Todd being more of a positive on the, on the apostolic side than the sham side, because essentially what you are seeing is these are just all relics. You guys didn't care. You ignored them anyway, you know? So, I mean, the burning is just official now. You, 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 had, you had burnt them down in your own hearts and in your own mm-hmm. souls many, many, many years before this particular fire occurred. And, you know, the Lord's over here now doing a new thing instead. And I, I didn't know, <laughs> analogous to what you were saying, I did not know that that, and it probably has for reasons just to do with historical landmark share the load of preserving that but i i did not know that that church was owned by the state mm-hmm. i didn't i mean that's a there's mm-hmm. there's some meaning in that yep yep all right story number eight on january 29th actor jussie smollett told police that he was attacked in the early morning at the 300 block of east lower north water street in chicago's streeterville by two people he described as white men who physically attacked him after racial and homophobic slurs, poured an unknown chemical substance, possibly bleach, on him, and tied a rope like a noose around his neck. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. I mean, who says empire this MAGA country ties a noose around your neck and pours bleach on you. And this is just a friendly fight. I will never be the man that this did not happen to. Mm. I am forever changed. And I don't subscribe to the idea that everything happens for a reason, but I do subscribe to the idea that we have the right and the responsibility to make something meaningful out of the things that happen to us, good and bad. Problem is, absolutely not a word of that is true. He planned... And made up the entire episode. He was charged with disorderly conduct for the fake hate crime, but later had all the charges dropped. Fake hate crimes were, well, there were a lot of them this year, but Jussie Smollett was probably the most well-known. You just got done talking about symmetry with the um, the mm-hmm. Notre Dame star. That guy's the photographic negative of Kanye West. Yeah, yeah. And I think it goes to show how insane 2019 really was that that is not like number one. I mean, most of us have forgotten him. And we would, you know, remember the Jody but- Joey Buttafuoco story, okay? Sure. You, you, there would, you would get, when we were growing up, a crazy story like this, like a once a year, Florida man on steroids kind of thing. And we all remember their names, right? Right. The fact that this just happened a few months ago, and I've almost completely forgotten about it. Remember that Georgia state senator or state lawmaker who tried to pull in the same thing? Yeah. Basically the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that just goes to show the amount of crazy we are inundated with now that, that this story is not at num- not number one, and that I had actually just forgotten about this cat. Well, Botafuco was random. Now it's weaponized. Yep. Yeah. That's why. It's it's also systemic. Yeah. You know, and, and what you're seeing here is first of all, what a great actor that guy is. I've never seen an episode of Empire and probably not its target demo, I'm guessing. But uh, what a great actor he is. That's a hell of a performance. 
And then there's the performance that Robin Roberts is putting on sitting across from him as a legitimate journalist. <laughs> to this day, has she ever admitted that this whole thing was a scam or Not anything of that knowledge. nature or been apologetic for giving it a voice or anything of that nature or playing the part in, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think a black woman might be a little bit sensitive to just generalizing mass uh, classes uh, and demographics of people. No, no. Yeah. <sighs> Especially a black gay woman thinks she might be a tad sensitive to it. I didn't even know she was gay. Yeah. So, but I guess not. So there's that. But um, if you want to talk about signs of the times, this story is. I mean that that's you know I looked and and and, and the fifth seal was broken. That that's what kind of story that is for a culture that level of fake with conviction. I mean that that's that's last one out, turn out the lights kind of stuff. Number seven, pro-life legislation. It was a year of pro-life legislation. Uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Ohio, Utah, and North Dakota all signed some form of pro-life legislation into law. It was a stark contrast with Virginia Governor Blackface Ralph Northam's full-on support of post-birth abortion. And this scene from the New York legislature of pro-abortion activists cheering that state's passing of the legalization of third trimester abortion. 2019 is also the year that gave us the movie Unplanned. Yeah, I think it's the strongest year that the, that the pro-life cause has, has had, at least since I've been around. I, I can't you know, speak to what things were like in the 70s and 80s when people like Bernard Nathanson was going from an abortion doctor to you know, making the film Silent Scream. I, I wasn't around. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't really care. But in, in my time, uh, I don't know what you think, Todd, but in my time being a part of and covering the pro-life cause, I, I think this is the best year it's had. Speaking of crazy, I put together the first initial list and there were like maybe like 13, 15 stories. Mm -hmm. I, this was not on it. Not because there's so much crazy how did i forget infanticide legislation what has happened to me that this that's your jesse smollett right that's yeah that's my point i had forgotten made, about I, had the, forgot yeah, I forgot about the new york thing so I, I can't i forgot about notre dame yeah I, i'll always remember northam because the blackface thing happened right mm -hmm. after that mm -hmm. and so those so you know not, there you have a kind of a, a compound fracture so to speak so it's easier to remember those than, than the isolated incidents but i had forgotten about the whole cheering the, in the legislature for Killing babies, you know, right the up to the point that they're birthed. The interview born. that Northam did where you can... Where, yeah, yeah, where he, he just, just lays it out. Well, the baby out. is born. Yeah. We put it in. We wrap him in swaddling clothes yeah. like we did sing this time here. And then we just set him aside and just decide, you know, the mom wants to keep the kid or not. And if he doesn't, stick a fork in him. That's basically the, that interview. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Number six. In 2018, a Canadian dude named Jessica Yaniv filed complaints against 13 waxing salons in Canada who refused to provide a Brazilian wax to him. Oral arguments before the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal were heard in July of this year, garnering significant attention. Obviously, the real women waxing in the waxing salons didn't feel like waxing male genitalia, which was apparently a problem for Yaniv. In October for the, of this year, the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal ruled against Yaniv and ordered him to pay $6,000 in restitution, split equally among the three service providers he complained about. 
Moving on this fall, the story of James Younger made the rounds. James is a seven-year-old boy from Texas whose mother was intent on chemically castrating him, saying he always identified as a girl. The story was brought to national attention after a Texas jury denied James's father sole custody of the boy. Heartbreaking video surfaced showing a conversation between James and his father, the latter of whom protested in court James's mother's plan. You're a boy, right? No. I'm a girl. Who told you you were a girl? Mommy. <clears throat> when did she tell you you were a girl? Because I love girls. A court later ruled that both James's father and mother will have an equal say in future decisions regarding the boy's so-called transition. So is this basically the trans? Yep. Tranny trans, madness. Tranny madness. Yeah. I, to me, I, I, I would put this story higher. Um, I mean, I, I voted yesterday in our roundtable, both Todd and you and I both did this, had Jessica Yanov as a person of the year. I mean, his psychosis is what is what drove more headlines and more stories other than Russian collusion in the Mueller report and now Ukrainian phone call collusion. Okay, so other than collusion, tell me, gentlemen, what storyline drove more of our of what we talked about on this show this year than this mental illness gone wild? Nothing. This is my point about what I said. I forgot about infanticide. And you said in any other year, Smollett would be number one. They all, there's so much of it. Yeah. If they were just one of them in isolation, I think they would all be number one. But it's even worse. There's so much of it. So you you don't know which one to put at number one. Or there's just too many. So it just seems like, well, it's like it's like we give it a five. It's just like, that's the water we're swimming in yeah. now, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that he got into a court of law with the claim that women should have to remove the pubic hair from his testicles or their bigots. And then he, his, 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 his return after what further proof, this is a mental illness after he's fined thousands of dollars that he's got to remunerate to them for their, for their costs and pain and suffering. After he is fined several thousand dollars, he returns with, I stopped at the gynecologist office and they won't treat me. You have a penis and a testicle. They have, uh, well, maybe two or none, but there's some form of a sack there and there's nothing they can treat you with. They, they can't, they don't, they literally do not serve your kind there. Todd, when's the last time you had an appointment to see a gynecologist? Uh, that has not happened. No, and there will, and, and, nor will it happen. Now, I understand courtesy of Obamacare, we are paying for pap smears. We are doing that in mammograms, Okay. Have you said, have you gotten yours though yet? We're both past 40. We're supposed to be getting those, I guess, on a regular basis. I have not. Okay. But um, this is psychosis, mental illness. And it drove more news cycles and more stories. Lesbian feminists lost their platform on social media protesting this. Uh, I mean, I, to me, I, I, think, I think he's the person of the year. I, I think he is, he is the sage of this age, in my view. He is the Simon Bar-Jesus of Western civilization, if you get the biblical analogy that I'm giving you. And while many on the left are, are not racing necessarily to defend him, they're more than happy that he goes on his merry way and continues to break the stained glass windows. This is that scene. Yeah. I can't remember what, ep- what season of Lost, but when the dark and the light, what are their names? I don't even remember anymore. But they're talking... 
in Joshua and Caleb Joshua, is, that, is that who it is and, and they're having a pretty civil no one's yelling at each other but finally the the light guy says something that just drives the dark guy mad and he pauses and he says do you know how much I hate you the left hates us mm-hmm. so much that while they aren't going to go out and defend him they're happy to let him loose and just break whatever Absolutely. he can incentivize and encourage his psychosis yes you know um, because they don't care about him nope they just hate you. Yes. And he's 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 a blunt instrument to pick up and wield against you. No matter how no matter what level of self-immolation, self-destruction, um insanity within him they have to incentivize because all he is to them is a tool to get power and control. That's it. Number 5, Epstein. On August 10th, American financier and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein was found unresponsive in his Metropolitan Correctional Center jail cell in New York City, where he was awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges. According to the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Prisons, he was transported to a local hospital for treatment of his life-threatening injuries and subsequently pronounced dead by hospital staff. The New York City medical examiner later ruled Epstein's death a suicide. Due to violations of normal jail procedures on the night of his death, like the removal of his cellmate without a replacement, the fa- falling asleep of two guards who were meant to check in on him, and the malfunction of two cameras in front of his cell, nobody with a functioning cerebral cortex actually believes he killed himself. Here you have the worst, the worst creep pervert sex offender in american history maybe one of the worst in 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 modern history because we we don't really know and that's just what we do know we we only know though the tip of the iceberg we we don't have a clue how far down this rabbit hole goes and i mean there's even more details that aaron you could have put in there this all happened the shortly after the first document dump about his uh, slew of indictments came to light, and that's where we heard the name Prince Andrews, Prince Andrew, for the first time. Um, who was the uh, longtime stalwart George Mitchell, Democrat stalwart in the U.S. Senate? His name came up. Alan Dershowitz's name came up again. Um, and then it just so happens that the video surveillance system malfunctions that night in a maximum security prison. This story broke me, and I have, I have try to resist the temptation of conspiracy theory-ism because it's often for lazy thinkers and, the, and, and for people who are looking for excuses as to why they've lost. And most of the time, human nature isn't capable of pulling off the sorts of grand plots that we claim. This, though, I'm confident was a conspiracy because this is when when human nature tries to do it, it looks like this. Bumbling guards, easily not believable lies. Although the video surveillance equipment broke. Oh, the guards fell asleep. I mean, when human nature tries to pull off grand lies. It looks stuff. It looks like this. The dog ate my homework. Yes, Steve. yes. Ham-fisted, clunky, not believable. Okay, with with a dare of, and we'll, we both know I'm lying, but we both know you're not going to do anything about it either, right? So, should we just continue on? That's how they really work. Not Illuminati's and 
you know, secret cabal groups, okay, that have codes implanted in your, in, 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 in you know, U.S. currency you can't translate. That it doesn't, no, 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 no. Human nature can't pull that kind of stuff off. When it tries to do something conspiratorial, it looks like this, okay? It's Caesar getting stabbed in front of the Senate. It looks like this. And I, I, this story broke me, guys. It, I, I'm, I've broken the fourth wall here. I'm, I'm, I'm Deadpool now. I'm, I'm not, I'm not guarding this gate anymore. I'm not holding any line on any of this anymore. Now I'm at the point now that if, if when Alice Jones tells me the frogs are gay, I'm at least going to double check it before I just instantly dismiss it, guys. Thoughts? Well, and the fact that in terms of a revival of the news, and I already said this uh, earlier that uh, it. If you could find out who was on the list and leak it bit by bit, you would make the news great again. People would be turning in to yeah, the Aaron nightly even news the vid- on a daily you guys basis. You didn't even mention the video of the of the ABC yeah. reporter who said, "I yeah. had this story three years yeah. ago. My network went. Let me yeah, run but it." They're 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 killing it. That that's amazing, and it just goes to show. I mean, this is again deep state stuff. How it works, what it chooses to ignore. It's pretty chilling. Got four more stories when we come back from break that we need to get to. We are counting down, as rated by Todd and Aaron, our top 10 stories of 2019 as we finish up our 2019. This is our last show of the year, and then we are each retreating to our various corners before we return again on Monday, January the 6th. So this is your last chance to embrace our own special brand of mediocrity. We'll continue with the top 10 stories of 2019 here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast in a moment. Looking back at the year that was 2019 and what a year it was, because we've already gone through several stories that in even a normal year of total depravity would have rated a lot higher, but they didn't even make the top four stories of the year as selected by Todd and Aaron. As we count them down, Aaron has number four. Now, this was not a story we talked about a heck of a lot on this show, but Hong Kong was on fire for most of this year. Protests uh, erupted almost every week after a new Chinese law was passed, making it possible for Hong Kong to extradite criminals to mainland China for trial and other things. So far, only two official deaths have been reported from the protests, with 2,600 injuries and over 6,000 arrests having been made this calendar year. Protesters stunned a worldwide audience with their uncanny ability to mitigate mob control techniques by the Chinese military. At different points in the year, protesters could be seen waving U.S. flags and singing the U.S. national anthem. Meanwhile, in the United States, the group known as Antifa continued to act like boys who'd never had their butts kicked. Perhaps no more fitting example of Antifa happened this year when a group in Portland beat the crap out of an independent journalist by the name of Andy No, who happens to be Asian and gay, all because they didn't like his reporting on them. 2019 showed us the different between difference between protesters and pansies. And I think you'll see more of both of these kinds of things. Um, I think going back to the conversation we had on on um, last Friday with our friend DC McAllister in our last regular days group, and we talked about the UK election. And remember, I was, I've been the one predicting all along Brexit would never happen. But I also, you know, when new information comes in, I don't believe it's flip-flopping 
to to not stick with a position you don't think new information uh, lines up with any longer. I think that's just dumb. Why, why stay with a position that is no longer tenable or defensible out of pride? That seems kind of silly to me. What about you? Yeah. One of the things I wished I would have thought of when I said, I, I think it will happen now, or at least at the very least, the negotiating price to get the UK to stay in is a, a deal of such sweetheart, imp, uh, you know, ramifications and implications. They couldn't say no to it. You know, like you get in for free and all the free movies you want. I mean, I, I mean, they're going to, because look what happened in Hong Kong. I wish I would have used that as an example. If, if a territory that has only been under the thumb of an oppressive regime, what was it, 1999 when the Brits turned that back over to the Shycoms, I think it was. So they've only been under that, an oppressive, an oppressive regime for about 20 years. And if, if those people are willing to stand up at that level, when they feel like their due process has been ignored, when they feel their basic civil liberties have been ignored, what, what, what are countries like in the UK that have been free for hundreds of years going to do? And, and, and then they're going to have another vote. And, and this time it's going to be, hell yeah, we meant it vote. And by by an even wider margin than when they had the original Brexit question the first time. And you've got the guy hosting your good morning, you know, United Kingdom program, Pierce Morgan, and one of you, maybe your greatest living pop culture icon as a people, Ringo Starr, out there in, in advocating for this. And you're going to just turn around and shank all those people in broad daylight. I don't, politics doesn't work that way. And in the end, politicians... You know, dictators aren't politicians. They're they're dictators. Um, the the progressive labor party would like to be dictators, but they don't get to be right now. Politicians, in the end, go for their own survival. There's a the story that broke last week about the the one Democrat who was going to vote against impeachment. And he's going to just flat out switch parties now. See, that's when we said last Friday we don't need to know UK politics. We know human nature. Mm-hmm. This is how human nature works. Believe me. They would have. They absolutely don't want Brexit to happen, but they screwed up, man, and they they made Bernie Sanders their nominee, and they got creamed. And when when you've got people in Hong Kong standing up to an oppressive dictator dictatorship from from China, what would what would a free people? I mean, dude, this is Ireland. Catholics and Protestants were still stabbing each other in the face in the streets of Northern Ireland until 10 minutes ago, all right? The idea that all of these people, the soccer hooligan nation, I wish I'd have thought about this when we had DC on. Soccer hooligan nation is going to say, yes, by all means, ignore our 70% vote. We'll, 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 we'll take it like a man. No, they won't. And that's why something, something is going to go down now. Because when you see the kinds of protests you saw in Hong Kong, by, by a, a culture that is used to some form of subservience. They were wards of the British Empire before, and now they're wards of the Chinese dictatorship. What are cultures that have had freedom and individual autonomy bred into them for centuries and are used to cutting people when they don't get their way, by the way? And, and that wasn't like 300 years ago. That was like the last Premier League soccer game, okay? There's no way they're not going to give the people something. They have to give them something. Don't you think? Yeah, and I hope they give me the ass-beating that Antifa deserves. 
That's what I need. <laughs> Number three. Number three, Russia, Mueller, Ukraine, impeachment. Who would have thought the Mueller special counsel was a load of bunk? It officially ended on April 17th, but it wasn't until December when we finally got confirmation that the whole thing was based on a scam. So the men and women at home need to know what's happening. A lawyer at the FBI creates fraudulent evidence alters an email that is in turn used as the basis for a sworn statement to the court that the court relies on. Am I stating that accurately? Uh, That's correct. That is what occurred. Meanwhile, the Democrats had already cooked up their next scam, the Ukraine scandal, which kicked off the impeachment probe, which kicked off the impeachment hearings, which led to a really, really bad joke. Which is the Constitution says there can be no titles of nobility. So while the president can name his son Baron, he can't make him a Baron. Which led to wailing and gnashing of teeth, all because Trump asked the Ukrainian president to investigate potential corruption by Joe Biden and his son. So that's cool. Tell me, tell me there's there's not a more potent and pithy video clip in 2019. There isn't. Than Ted Cruz and that, and, and. I, the Inspector General Horowitz there. I I, I just don't even. I, to me, that's if we if we still did like video clip of the year and stuff like we did years ago. Mm-hmm. We don't. We, here's why we don't do it anymore because we used to just be a radio show. So you guys didn't get a chance to you know to. It, it, now we show these clips all the time, so that's not as it's just not as cool and fresh. To me, I, I think that's the video clip of the year. To think of of how much of what we do for a living both here and among our peers, has its mustard seed is an anti-Trump bureaucrat who didn't like the way many of you voted in the last election, committed fraud on one form, and got the surveillance court, the FISA courts, to issue the subpoenas. That, that that began the surveillance that took us right down this primrose path. I See, again, this is why I don't believe in grand conspiracies, because they look like this. They look like Jeffrey Epstein. That's what they look that that This is what conspiracies really look like. Not Bilderbergers meeting at enclaves. First of all, if a bunch of billionaires were meeting to decide the fate of the world, do you think they'd really let some jack wagon like Alex Jones know where they're all hanging out? No, they wouldn't. Okay. Okay. As my kids say to each other when they're mad at one another. No. No, the conspiracies look like this. This is what they look like. And I I am I need to apologize to the two of you. <laughs> There have been plenty of times the last couple of years before, after we've been on the air, when this, these stories were going on, that I was trying to take them seriously and think them through of where they were going, and I just wasted all of your time. The original take we had when we didn't care at all, in, in whatever it was, January of last year when this whole thing first started, the original take we had, which, which was what? Just, just declassify the FISA warrants, and we'll get to the bottom of this right away, right? Mm-hmm. That ended up being the right take in the end, the very first one we had. Because if we had, if, if the president had declassified the FISA applications right away, 
we would have found out about this rather than needing the IG report to tell us three damn long, grueling years later. How many, how many subpoenas did, did, how many subpoenas did Trump and his family members? I mean, how many, his son got called before grant, his sons got called before his, well, one son did, Junior did, got called before a federal grand jury. All of that, all of it would have been avoided, folks, if he just would have declassified the original FISA documents so we could have learned that it was one guy changing a form that began all of this in the first place. That's like, that's, that is the cow kicking over Mrs. O'Leary's lantern right there. That's what started this entire thing. Here's story number two. The Democratic presidential primary race and what a race it's been. There have been scores upon scores upon scores of communist drivel spouted at various campaign stops and during the debates. But perhaps no moment so summed up where the Democratic base is than this moment during one of the first debates. Raise your hand if if your government plan would provide coverage for undocumented immigrants. Okay. So I'm looking at the Real Clear Politics polling average in Iowa. As it stands right now. And the RCP average is Pete Buttigieg at 22.5, Bernie Sanders at 19.3. Joe Biden at 18, Elizabeth Warren at 16.3. So those are, that's your top tier, and, and those four are pretty close. Uh, over in New Hampshire, we've got Bernie Sanders at 19. This is the RCP average that we're doing now, okay? Bernie Sanders at 19, Pete Buttigieg at 17.7, Joe Biden at 14, and Elizabeth Warren at 13. Again, you, you see a pretty clear top tier there. In Nevada, which has a a really weird caucus process. You've got Joe Biden at 29, although there hasn't been a poll there uh, since November 13th. So we're not even going to look at that then. Um, South Carolina. um, Now there's a poll out in South Carolina today that has Joe Biden's lead down to single digits. And that's a, and that's a local poll down there from a newspaper in South Carolina. But the, the RCP average has it Joe Biden, 35, Elizabeth Warren, 16, Bernie Sanders, 15. Um, and then everybody else is not relevant. What happens? What happens if Bernie Sanders, now I don't think this will happen, but I'm not as confident in my thoughts as I used to be. They're, they're too sober and lucid. So what happens? In fact, I'm now confident this is what's going to happen. Because given the trend line of this year and the trend line of the left, and what have you always heard me say about the era in which we live, self-awareness is alive and thriving, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, self-awareness is dead. So I actually believe the odds of Bernie Sanders being their nominee have increased exponentially since what happened in the UK election. Because that's not what should happen. What should happen is, is, the, is the people running the Democratic Party yes. should look at, the, look at that. Look at what happened to their version of Bernie Sanders Jeremy Corbyn, and God-hating, anti-Semitic Marxists. They should look at that and say, as, by any means necessary, this cannot happen. By any means necessary. This, this can't happen. We're going we're gonna to get annihilated up and down the ballot everywhere we go. 
And I think given the trend line we're on, that's exactly why it has a higher likelihood of happening now. Am I starting to track with you now? We, Am I, I starting to figure months, this thing out? And months and I called this as well. It, there's an inevitability to him. And that's why it's so important that we have here impeachment three and this two together. We've been told how many times Trump is an existential crisis to the existence of democracy in this very nation. And their answer to it is this. This is what we're getting. So, yeah, I, I, I said Buttigieg was going to be there. He's just going to be relevant all the time. I didn't have the guts seven months ago to say he was the nominee. But I did say around the very same time that Bernie Sanders is as likely as anybody else. A Bernie, a Bernie, a Bernie and Butt uh, ticket? What do you think? Whatevs. If, if, if Bernie Sanders wins the first two states, do you think they let him be the nominee? Yeah. Oh, no, there's a bigger... Mm, no, that's... There's more work to do. They're not by let. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, they're not. No, it I mean just, after all, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, and this guy's pushing eighty. He's already had. He already was in the hospital for a heart issue. Would it be? Wouldn't be that much of an but odd. But if he can survive to California, and that which you say is front, it's front loaded this it's, year. Yeah, South Carolina is is the the prize on Super Tuesday for them. It's not the May June and prime you know late primary. It's been all our lives. California said, "Screw that, man. We're tired of yeah. being ignored." They are the prize on Super. He doesn't Tuesday. have to survive as long if he can get there and win. Here's number one. Well, it's a debate that's raged all year. That's the debate between New York Post editor Sir Rob Amari and David French, formerly of National Review. When the debate was not about personality or another fight over Donald Trump. The meta-narrative was about how to live as conservative religious people in a culture increasingly more hostile to people like that. Amari contends that David Frenchism, as he calls it, is a pursuit of Christian retreat from the public sphere, while French contends his philosophy for cultural engagement is one of neutral pluralism. Perhaps the crux of the meta-debate was this exchange during an actual in-person debate between the two earlier this fall on the issue of Drag Queen Story Hour. So to me, that should raise a five-alarm cultural fire. Uh, a, 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 five, a sense that we have in a cultural crisis and a moral emergency. Uh, that blasé attitude, that's, the, that's, that's it, just a few chapters. And then pressed by a writer on, uh, for Slate magazine, Mark Joseph Stern, who asked... Um, well, what would you do about uh, Drag Queen Story Hour, David? You said, well, I wouldn't do anything because it would encroach on, quote, local control over libraries. Oh, heaven forfend. Um, so it, it's not a description just of the difference. is not just a matter of how to respond to the cultural crisis. It's whether or not, first of all, we recognize that a, a culture in which children, whether it's voluntary or not, people can do terrible things voluntarily, are brought into a space in which drag is performed and drag do not recognize drag queen story hour as a cultural crisis of great import in the United States of America. We have a nation of 320 million people. It is a free nation. Throughout the course of our history, we have had cults here and there, polyamorous communities here and there. People who are doing bad things that I disagree with. It is a byproduct of a free nation. These are choices people make in a free nation. Tell me why you guys think this is number one. I'll go first, Todd. Okay. 
regardless of whether how seriously you take this conversation, this this debate, or whether you think it's just a phony debate or a rehashing of what happened in 2016, the reason why we even talk about trainee madness, the reason why we even have to talk about why nobody is being held accountable for the Jussie Smollett's of the world or the deep state of the world, the reasons why we have all of these stories is because while the world is burning over here, we're having a navel-gazing, uh, you know, at, at worst a navel-gazing debate. And at best, we're trying to figure out, oh, is, is Drag Queen Story Hour bad? Meanwhile, you know, if, if that's, that's the, and that's the chari- a charitable uh, description of this debate as well. The uncharitable description of this debate is what you've said a few times, is that this is just a rehashing of 2016. But the bottom line is, this is why, this is the reason why we're even having all of these other debates. Conservatism mm-hmm. doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah, Aaron and I have been big on this before you did, and I think I think I know why. You've been doing in- and encouraging what they've been doing for a very, very long time, and you've been feeling increasingly lonely and probably just skeptical, as you should be. Um, but it's it's here and it is real. And David French is saying Drag Queen Story Hour is just like a cult that's over there. That's the point. It's not over yeah. there anymore. It's, it's right, right here, here in your lap. That last point. That's what our audience needed to hear more than anything, I think, is that last point. It's not over there. It's not esoteric. It's not theoretical. It's not aesthetic. It's here. It's in your face. And it's right in front of your children's faces. And they're being rubbed in it as we speak. I think that's the key. We'll come back. Now it's my turn to be put on the hot seat. We'll look back at my top 10 predictions for 2019. We'll see how many of them actually came to fruition. I probably, though, wasn't crazy enough. Stay tuned for hour two in a moment. is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Back for one final hour in the year 2019, and then we are off until January the 6th. This is The Steve Dace Show. Myself, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. Gentlemen, it has been... It's been quite a year. It doesn't seem like it's been 230 shows, does it? Does it seem like it's gone... It it has gone by very fast. Just the last last week or so trying to prep uh, prep a bunch of stuff for these last two shows and looking back through the archives of this year, it's just, it's not so how fast, especially once July hits, it seems like the rest of the year just Yeah, because we'll get basically football camps and stuff open. Yeah. yeah, but You really think so, huh? You think it's dragged on? With, speaking of the, the list that uh, we put together and how we went about it, we, I, I can't believe Covington Catholic was in the same year. I know. That seems like forever I know, ago. I know. The, and that and, didn't make it. And since that was the March for Life, that had been mid-January. Yeah. So almost exactly a year ago. And it and it seems like it was 10 years ago. Yes. Because of all the stuff that has gone down. I mean, it, it's... Wow. Well, this is now where we put my prognostication abilities to the test. When we did... I've done this every year, four years. Some years, I'm, 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 it's hit or miss. Um, last year was one of the best years I've ever had, if I recall. And I always put down 10 things, looking at trend lines and predictions um, of what I think is going to happen over the next 12 months. And we, when we come back on January the 6th, that's when I will unveil my crystal ball for 2020. One of those predictions you've already seen. 
because the prediction, the big prediction I made for the year that was in our roundtable yesterday will be one of the 10 predictions I make for 2020 as well, all right? But on the last show, we always look back to see how right or wrong I was heading into the new year. You guys ready to go? Yeah. All right. I'm not. I'm not optimistic, even though I probably don't even remember most of these. Let's begin. Avengers Endgame outduels Star Wars Episode Nine to be the top grossing movie at the box office. Now, Episode Nine won't be, or just got released actually today, uh, nationwide last night. I'm pretty confident. I think we could even, it's only been a day, but I think we can call this one. I mean, the amount of money, yeah. what, what Endgame made. Yep. I, I don't I don't believe episode nine is going to surpass it. No. Are you okay if you just if we just if, if, if I just take this one? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So we're going to say that's one correct. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I I know you're not going to fight me that episode nine is going it. to disappoint. I still am thinking that would have been impossible to guess at yeah. five years ago. Hey, that, that was it. Well, dude, that was a that was a iffy ballsy prediction twelve months mm-hmm. ago, but not now. Not with what we saw out of Endgame. No. All right. Here's number two. John Kasich will announce a primary challenge to President Trump. He announced that he wanted to approximately 87 times. And that was just on CNN. Then there was another 75 times he announced he wanted to on MSNBC. But invariably, in the end, gentlemen, he did not announce, right? It wasn't him. It was um, Mark Sanford and it was another former governor, Bill Weld. From Massachusetts. It was those two that did announce primary challenges. John Kasich did not, Todd. What do you think the likelihood is of yet having a third party run by, if not him, somebody else, since we're on the topic of challenges? I think a nomination of Bernie Sanders would, would whatever the odds are now, would double them. So you think it's 1%, 2%, 5%, 10%? Okay. The nomination of a, of a Bernie Sanders, because especially in light of what just happened in the UK, the the last remaining few who believe that the path forward politically in America is is the Mike Bloomberg path, which is John Kasich's path, is though that group would feel very emboldened if you if you had an election between two men each approaching 80, who one of them, you know, represents a populist revolution and these people hate the average person. And then the other person represents a Marxist revolution. And they just saw what people in the UK who have been conditioned to accept Marxism about 20 years longer than you and I have. And they still said, oh, hell no. Well, if they're saying, oh, hell no in the UK, what are they going to say in the US of A to that? So I think if you were to nominate him on the Democratic side, I, I do think you might see somebody get in. And just because they believe it's an opportunity to set a marker down in the future, um, to make a point, to try to establish another, an alternative movement, not necessarily because they thought they could win this thing. Weren't he and Morning Joe both brought into Congress in 94 in the Gingrich Revolution? Yes, Can we were. just yep. make it official now that whatever, that was like one of the biggest political frauds in all of poli- American political I, history? I, I don't think it was at the time. I, I think it was the last time the Republican Party was actually serious about issues. How can you be serious with people like this? Because I think in the end, what, what, what you end up dying the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm-hmm. I think what ends up happening is those guys... You, it's, These guys used to be Newt Gingrich? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're you just there for well, too long. Newt Gingrich used to be Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich used to be Newt Gingrich, right. I mean, you're, you're there for too long. I, I used to call it uh, RCV, ruling class virus. 
And these guys are now poisoned hosts. That's what happens to you. Prediction number three. So, so far, I'm one for two. In a rematch of the regular season's most epic game, the Kansas City Chiefs will defeat the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. I got that half right, so I'm giving myself a half. The Rams were there. So, that's one and a half. Aaron, your thoughts on the Chiefs not making it go? (laughs) D. Ford. D. Ford. I love that he's wearing that sweater when you ask him that Yes, it's why I asked him that, because he's wearing that sweater. D. Ford is the reason why you're wrong. Yes, because you had you, you got Tom Brady off the field. Yep, and D Ford chose to line up offsides. Yep, because the only thing dumber than giving Tom Brady the ball at the end of a game with a chance to beat you is giving it to him twice. That's the only thing dumber. And D Ford did that, lining mm-hmm. up offsides and handed Tom Brady another crack at it, and that was the Kansas City Chiefs' chance at making the Super Bowl. Right? Yep. At least yep, last you got that year. Right. Yep. At least last year. I think you got a chance this year. Yeah, better defense. I think you have a better defense. I agree. Frankly, I'm more concerned about Pat Mahomes' health than I am your defense. Oh, he's fine now. He's he's getting banged up all the time, man. Yeah, but he's not. He's he doesn't have a dislocated kneecap at the moment. Well, at the moment, at the moment, yes. I, but I am. But you know what? I, you know what I'm really concerned about with your Chiefs. You know, you know what it is. Is this concern trolling here? No. Oh, the Madden curse. It's yeah. the Madden curse. No, dude, I do not concern uh, troll over the Madden. I am. I am serious as a heart attack. You troll troll. About, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm, I am serious as a heart attack about the Madden curse. I have seen only Tom Don't Brady has been able attack, to defeat man. that. He's only 23. <laughs> All right, so I've got one and a half out of three, right? Here's prediction number four I had for 2019. The only major piece of bipartisan legislation passed will be regulation of social media platforms. That did not occur. Now, we do have people on both sides that want these broken up. You have Elizabeth Warren saying that you've got several conservatives are saying that we just had a conversation with them. Um, uh, Brent Bozell of the media research center broached that topic. when we had him on a couple of months back, but uh, in the end, what we are seeing is the opposite of this. You're actually seeing these social media companies are now getting balkanized where Facebook is now being seen as the pro GOP platform. And Twitter is now being seen as the left's platform, right? I wouldn't have believed you on on any level on on that piece of analysis even six months ago. It's so crazy. Yeah. Well, and what's happened is ultimately Mark Zuckerberg's a businessman. He's got a publicly traded company now. It's not just his pet. He has a publicly traded company and he made billions off of that IPO. You know, and you can't create a bubble with your own your own stock price, right? Well, where do which social media platform trends older? Which one? Facebook. Facebook. And whose voting block trends older? Republicans. Republicans. So ultimately, Zuckerberg's got to got to he's got to serve his clientele, right? That's who the majority of the people that are using his platform are. It's it's not you know your buddy's Aaron wondering about uh, Trump's trade war pumping up the price of avocado toast. Uh-huh. That might be who Mark Zuckerberg's engineers are, but it's not who a lot of his users are. Our age group and our parents, Todd, are who is using Facebook. On the other hand, you've got Twitter Jack saying, we're going to ban all the political advertising. And yeah, there's a lot of Democrats that advertise on Twitter, but they're going to get so much free advertising from the Twitter algorithms. Why? It's kind of pointless to spend money on Twitter if you're a Dem. You get it for free, Right. I mean, why buy the cow when Twitter gives you the milk for free? Why would you ever do that? Right? Why would you would you do that? No. 
No, that doesn't make any business sense. So we, we actually saw even our social media companies are balkanized now. Any thoughts on that? No, I, but I, I didn't even I remember when I said this last year, you, this was the one you told me that you thought had no chance of happening was this one. I remember. And you're right. Yeah, but I, I'd almost be willing to give you, even though it didn't happen, I'd almost be willing to give you a half a point, but be, because it was still every bit as prominent in fascinating ways. Well, there have been antitrust investigations launched. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But that's not legislation. No, it's not. No, it's not. All right. So we're at one and a half out of four. All right. Here's number five. Relations with China will grow frostier, including uh, the, the forging of an unprecedented pact with North Korea and Russia, as well as an announcement that it intends to beat us to a manned mission to Mars. Just a bit outside. Well, the latter did happen. They have announced an intention to beat us to a manned mission to Mars. That did occur. The rest of it, though... So you're 1.88 out of five? <laughs> well, they they didn't forge the unprecedented pact with North Korea and Russia to create essentially a new axis. I don't know that our relationship with China right now is all that chummy, though. Oh, we, like I said, we we still have to unpack what this trade deal yeah. means. Yeah, I'm going to give myself a half for this unless you guys strenuously object. Oh, this but, one, I'll give you half for the other one, but not this one. So, so it's a do, wash. You, so, okay, well, I'm fine with that. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah. What Todd said. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're at we're at a full two out of five. Then. Mm-hmm. All right. With that, with with a cup with a couple of halves. All right. As long as you understand, you're only half right, and you keep your ego. Parked. I hear you. No, all right. All right. Number six. I thought this one was a slam dunk. I I always got to give myself some kind of slump buster automatic. Joe Biden will emerge as the 2020 Democratic front runner. That's true. It's true though. From a certain point of yeah, view. Yeah. You get a half a point. Okay. All right. I, I'm inclined to give him full marks. He I mean, by any data, <laughs> by any data metric, he is the Democratic frontrunner. By any yeah. metric of but data, he's also. I insane. just don't believe. I just don't <laughs> believe that data because he's not sane. Yes, because he's mentally incompetent. But 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 I, I if we're if the reality is that's a, that's that's a win. He is he is by any metric we would look at, even though we don't buy those metrics. He, I think let's be strict about the term. I don't think he's really emerged. I think he's just merged. Kind of. <laughs> he's just merged. <laughs> I'm giving my he's he's submerged when it yeah, comes to lucidness. Go. I'm going to give myself a point for that because he yeah. he is by by most. So you're by at, most accounts. You're at three out of six now. Three out of six. Yeah, fifty yeah, percent. Yeah, which I would take every year if he could pull that off. Yeah. All right. What number is this? Seven. Number seven. President Trump will meet face to face with the Iranian government. That did not happen, but man, it looked like it was trending there. Yeah, back in the spring, it looked like he w- it was trending there. And then you saw some of the old hawks. That's when John Bolton was still uh, considered a conservative. Now he's not now because Trump doesn't like him. That that appears to be our, our new standard now. Is there a terminology in sports betting when you're when you're missing, but you weren't wrong? about your analysis yes. what's yeah, it, it called it's not, bad it, it, well, it, it, well a bad beat happens uh, when no not that a bad beat happens when on right. a fluke no. what you're talking about is uh, right bet wrong result yeah I think that was the right side right side wrong result yeah. is what they'll say yeah that's that was, what's if happening you look, with, if you look because wise guys don't bet teams they bet numbers okay so you know like if if, if you saw thought that a team did not deserve to be a six point favorite okay and and so you bet the under or you 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 mm-hmm. took the underdog plus mm-hmm. six, yeah. and and they're up by three at the end of the game, and then they 
tack in a touchdown, mm-hmm. you know, with 10 seconds right, left right. to win by nine. Right. That's an example of right side, wrong result. Mm-hmm. Meaning you had the game handicapped correctly. Mm-hmm. It just, you don't control the outcome. Yeah, so Th- that's, that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. It has that vibe. Yeah, it was, it was trending there. He, he did, he went out of his way to go soft on Iran earlier this year. And then you had BB speak up. You had Cruz speak up. You had Bolton speak up. You had several people speak up and kind of boxed him in so that he couldn't, uh, you know, cut one of his infamous deals with, with, with Iran. So, but it's a miss, but I agree right handicap. Cause it was trending that way. If, if we had done this, like a mid-year check-in, would we, we would have thought this one's going to turn out to be true, right? If we had done this like June 1. I think that would have been a solid bet. Yeah, yeah and then, but it's not now. So it's a miss. Three out of seven. Number eight. At least one member of the Trump family will be criminally indicted as a result of the Mueller probe. And I love, I, I remember loving at the time how Aaron put Jared Kushner's picture there. Wishful thinking, my friend. It was. Wishful very, think. It was the new year. I was full of optimism. <laughs> that Mueller might do conservatives a favor and get rid of Javanka for yep. us, right? Uh, no, we, we we couldn't get anything out of the Mueller probe other than a probing, if you know what I'm saying. That, that's, that That's about all that we got out of this. So do we even need to rehash this one at all? It's, no, it's, no, not really. This is the wrong side. <laughs> wrong result. If you want to know what the betting it's term is wrong. for that, just wrong Bad handicap. <laughs> when I when I when I tell the people that follow me for my handicap, when I get one this wrong, just that was just a bad handicap, man. I had that one wrong. That was a bad handicap. Number nine. The Democrat-controlled House will vote to impeach President Trump. Well, here we are. We're doing this right now, right? Yeah. So I thought this was an automatic at this time last year. That they just had to do it. Did you guys, I can't recall, did you guys think this was an automatic at this time last year? Not to the extent, I, speaking for myself, not to the extent you did, no. Yeah. So this, was this the example then when you were still thinking sanity might prevail, that they might realize what a loser this is and not do it? I still think that not now. You still think they're going to pull back from the brink now? I think it's possible. I don't think, I think it's less possible than it was back when we were first talking about it, but Mm -hmm. I think. Give me a percent that you think they would actually walk away. I because I think it's zero point zero point zero. Yeah, I'd give it. How about fifteen percent? Oh wow, I'm fading you. I'm 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 I'm. I would take that bet. I listen to and, the crazy voices. Yeah, and let you put any vig that you wanted on that. I would. I'd bet your house on that. No, I, I wouldn't bet my house. On that. Todd yeah. is the handicapper that uh, called the Buttigieg phenomenon. Right. Which is why I'm surprised you're still holding out for orthodox. You pick a weird place to to, to plant your orthodoxy flag. Where, like, where am I planting it in this case? Because Which, the, the notion the that they would have some form of political awareness and 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 get out of this and walk away. No, they're not. Actually, I would argue the other way around, like I, we've had before. It's because they have political awareness, they're not going to walk away, because they're fully aware that they're that the same people wishing that Jessica Yanev could get his balls waxed on Twitter are the same people that are going to light themselves on fire in the hallways of the Rayburn Congressional Building in D.C. if they don't hold an orange man bad vote. They know this, so they have to do it. They've got to bite the bullet yeah, and get it done with. I, I see what you're saying. And it is weird, and I'm regularly preaching that, you know, they're listen to the crazy voices in your head. Right, and, right. Yeah, I know. I know. I just, for, uh, for some reason, I can't let go of this, that there, there is, it's not going to be sanity 
that kicks in, it's it's going to be craven something or the other but and i can't even put my finger on it now i'm just not i'm not going to totally ignore it in the end we're both afflicted with a a desire for there to be some form of normalcy to some extent we both are maybe that's what it is it's nostalgia meanwhile aaron's over there in a totally different generation he's like what what's a normalcy right yeah is actually he's like this is the normalcy this is the new normal, see? This is where we are now. This is how we roll, right? Yeah. Kanye West may have an apostolic calling. Well, it would also, take- Also, what's an innie and what's an outie? Exactly. It would take something, a weird Kanye-esque catalyst to do what I'm talking about. And I guess that's, there's just still enough time. Not much, but that something weird and triggering- could happen. Doesn't it sound like he's almost over here pleading with the Democratic Party? Yeah. Aaron. No. Yeah. Surely, surely there must be 7,000 men in the Democratic Party who haven't taken the need to bail yet, right? You guys can't all be this dumb. They're not dumb. No, no. They're desperate. They have got, they must please the, the mob outside of Lot's house. They have to. That, their base is not like ours. They, 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 they're already at max lit. They don't need another reminder of how bad the Republican base is. They're already convinced we're Nazis and white supremacists. Therefore, where do you go from there? When you're already convinced, like I got in here this morning. First email I see in my inbox is a guy on Facebook who had been sending me several messages about how he's a big Michigan fan. I haven't even told you this yet, Aaron. He had been sending me several messages the last few months about how much he likes the Michigan podcast thing oh, yeah. on the side, mm-hmm. you know? And then out of nowhere, the same guy sends me a note today and it says, I will no longer be watching or paying attention to any of your work following Michigan football. I am appalled you are a fan because I've, I've just learned what your politics are and I find those appalling. <laughs> I just wrote him back, you know, thank you for your tolerance and go blue. That's all I said back, okay? <laughs> if, if he's not, do you think he's unique? No. 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 So if, if that's where you are collectively, in your zeitgeist, then what is, why you can't disappoint those people and they don't need, there's nothing you can do later on that makes them, because here's what they'll do. If you, if, if, if they try to walk away and then come back at them, like the Republicans come back at us, Oh boy, another tax cut for the rich. You know, I mean, these Republicans, they're terrible. You, you know, your team Democrat, their guys will be like, dude, we're all voting for Bernie Sanders now. Screw you. They're not like our base at all. They're, they're, they're just not. They're, they're far more, look at the way they completely have bypassed their party structure to fund all these candidates out of their own pockets directly with ungodly amounts of money while their own political party starves of cash and resources. They're, they're, they're not like us. I mean, our, our, our base is like tied to the church or donate to the RNC. And I mean, they're really thinking about it. You know, their base is just like, dude, I am the Senate. That's their base. I am the DNC. I'll do this. My, you know, their base, you know, you know, I just thought of this. Their base is the after credit scene where Thanos grabs the gauntlet and age of Ultron and says, fine, I'll do it myself. Fine, I'll do it myself. That's what their base is. Their base will. You know, their, their base will send, who was that crazy broad that had a f- huge following on Twitter for a while? P- hashtag resistance. 
And her most popular scoop was that the marshal of the Supreme Court was coming to arrest Trump. Do you guys remember that chick from a couple of years ago? No. no. What was her name? And she was a she had a following, man. She was like the high priestess of the of hashtag resistance. And her big scoop was that the uh, the the marshal. And that, I'm not kidding you. I'm not making this up. You should Google this. Mar, I'm going to Google this right now. Marshal of the Supreme Court. What was her name? Was going to arrest Trump. Marshal of the Supreme Court, arrest Trump. Who was that? That was her big scoop. Um, I can't find it. L- Louise Mensch. That oh. was her name. Louise Mensch. Yeah, I remember yes. that name. Exclusive, May 20th, 2017. Marshal of the Supreme Court will be arresting Donald Trump. Do you know who I mean, like, what in the blazes is the who's the marshal of the Supreme Court? Is that a thing? No, dude, it's not. And neither sanity, for goodness sakes. <laughs> no, it's not. Twitter exclusive marshal of the Supreme Court to arrest Trump. May 20th, 2000. There's 765 retweets. First reply. I was standing nearby and heard the conversation. Okay. I'm not. See. Is this the same British got, member she, of parliament? Or is that a different Louise? Mitch? I don't know. I, I just learned. I just clicked on her profile, by the way. She follows me on Twitter. So there you go. <laughs> she has 292,000 followers, guys. I've got 57,000. She's got 292,000. The marshal of the Supreme Court is coming to arrest Trump. Do you yield? Yes. <laughs> now you know how I felt with your whole Buttigieg thing when I had to finally give up the ghost on that. Yes, I yield. You win. Uh, I I, this is one of my favorite parts of working here. How it, dare you try sanity, sir? Well, what, which, <laughs> how we, re, we, we switch this hat, though. Yes, I'll be on the other. You'll be like, no, but I can see it. No, Steve, you can't. Stops trying, and then then we just pass the baton. Okay, you do it this time. All right, you need this next one. Yes, let's get to number one. President Trump will fill a Supreme Court vacancy in the Senate while he's facing impeachment hearings in the House. CBD, man. There's still a well, they've got about a week left in oh. the air, and Elizabeth and, and Elizabeth Warren. I'm I will sorry. give you five With, points for this. <laughs> Five points just, for Gryffindor because I want it. You just to be want true. to see it happen. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like eighty-three, and she's been to the hospital three times this year. So there's a week left in the year. It could happen. You could certainly. Oh, you know what? Here's why it didn't happen. I, you know, here's why it didn't happen. Because it it needs to happen while he's on trial in the Senate because it's the Senate that actually would fill the vacancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about now? That's that is some high quality writing. Man, you want to talk about a plot line. Filling Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat by day. Trump impeachment trial at night. That is Lost Island right there. Yes. I mean, that's that is some that's some that's some high cotton right there, Alabama. I mean, you what lit the, as the Gadsden yes. Mall. Oh my, you know what the ratings would be on stuff like that? You want to talk about a twin bill. Like when we were kids, they still had drive throughs. You could see a couple of movies for for once, yeah, for one, you know. I mean, to get both of those things, that's 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 Mordor and Isengard coming together, man. Are you kidding me? 
the 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 defining seat in the U.S. Supreme Court that leftists leftists are literally parked outside of 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 you know the uh, ERs in in the DMV area every time Elizabeth Warren gets a sneeze, making alms to Gaia. Please, trees, let her live. Right. <laughs> Goodness. I, oh, you guys know how much I hate Washington, D.C. I might have, we might have, all three of us, we might have to go on location. I'm in. For something like that. Yeah. I, I just, I, oh, wow. Could you even, could you imagine that scenario? That has to be. Don't you think, though, that has, that ha- I'm making that one of my 10 picks. Mark it down. That's the that's the, that's the second spoiler alert. When we come back here on January sixth, that's that's going to be one of my picks. That Trump will be filling. I won't put a name out there because that's kind of macabre, right? And and there have been rumors that Clarence Thomas has looked at retiring anyway, you know. Um, but Trump will fill will be asked to fill a U.S. Supreme Court seat, and the Senate will hold those confirmation hearings while it's holding his impeachment trial yeah you need a cigarette i can see it i might need something a little bit stronger than that brother if you know what i'm saying can you imagine what that would be like the cocaine mitch memes cable news cable news just might explode i mean i mean mass explosion fox news main tower just just could not handle this I mean, this would be <laughs> Don Lemon self-immolates. Yes, Don Lemon just spontaneously combusts in the middle of a rant. Right? I, I mean, that. Who needs a presidential election? When you, wouldn't the presidential election be like a letdown after something like that? Right. This this well, is the hottest of hottiest hot takes. I'm, I'm making that pick. It's, it's more consequential than a uh, a presidential election anyway, because we know that judges are the ones who make laws, especially well Supreme played, Court well played, so. right, right on the money, right. Then t- then Trump nominates Merrick Garland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his new meme is he's the one that brings balance to the force. <laughs> Since he's already Thanos, now he's Kylo Ren. Just making himself fill his memes. Gosh, it's so dumb. Everything is just freaking dumb. Everything is just so freaking dumb. I just hope Trump keeps going on with it. I want to see the Trump director's cut of the Avengers. That's going to be awesome. All right, when we come back, it's one final Feedback Friday. You get the last word. And I think if you've listened to our words these last 20 minutes, this program could definitely use that. All right, we'll come back with more here. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. You only get us for 20 more minutes in 2019. Suck it up. Endure. You've seen it through this long. Might as well see it through to the bitter end. So this is it, the end of another long, grueling year that you have suffered 
alongside or maybe even because of us. Down to our final 20 minutes here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Then we are taking off for some Christmas holiday vacation. We'll be back again on Monday, January the 6th, provided uh, the mucky mucks down there in Dallas don't figure out this was a mistake all along and don't let us come back, but we shall see. However, in the meantime, they are giving us just enough rope to hang ourselves by letting us host the Glenn Beck radio program his final two days of this year. We're coming off of vacation so that we can host the Glenn Beck radio program on December 30th and 31st here in about a week and a half. So we're all very excited about that. That'll be kind of cool. That'll be super cool. All right. You guys ready for some feedback Friday? Yep. Let's begin with this one from Stephanie. She writes, about a year ago, my husband told me about your show, as he knows, I hold a very political conservative viewpoint. I tuned in and have been watching ever since. That being said, I wanted you to know your show has been instrumental in bringing me to my knees and in pleading for the Lord's forgiveness. There have been times when theology was being discussed that I could not even hold back tears. And I've even been in a state of sadness and confusion. When I was around 20 years old in 1983, I started to feel remorse for my rebellious teenage years. I started attending mass regularly, but could not shake the guilt. It was a weight that was hard to bear. In the Missal, one of the readings was 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I could have written that myself. I realized God could and did forgive me. I finally felt free. Fast forward 25 years, I was married to a man who claimed to be a believer, but used the word to draw attention to himself and was a master at manipulating scripture. We had been in and out of pastoral counseling from almost the very beginning. There was never any accountability. We never stayed at a church very long, and we finally divorced. I had read my Bible faithfully every single day for those 25 years. I was so crushed by churches that used religion to abuse weak and hurting people, and I was tired of the double standards. I felt betrayed and was angry. I walked away. I stopped attending church, got rid of my Bible and most of my and, and most of my books, and I just said, screw it. That was 10 years ago. I realized now, though, listening to you guys, that I had judged God for what people had done in his name. I'm ashamed I can't claim the first Timothy passage anymore because this time I was not ignorant and in unbelief. If I were to die today and stand before God, he would say to me, why should I let you into heaven? And I would fall on my face in shame and not be able to answer through the tears. You guys present the gospel often, and I wonder how God could forgive me. I knew better. I remarried and moved to an area way out in the sticks. My husband is not a believer, so I do not discuss this struggle with him. There are a few churches nearby, but mostly just liberal mainline denominations. I've tried calling and emailing some of the more faithful churches, asking if they have Bible studies during the week as I work on Sunday mornings. No one ever ever gets back to me. It brings back some of my old feelings of anger and betrayal. Um... So after reading all of that rambling for a theology for Thursday, could you offer some consolation to people like me for people who have willfully walked away and are now seeking forgiveness? Is there even hope for one who has kind of spit in the face of God? Thank you. That's from Stephanie. Stephanie, we've said this on the show quite a bit this year. We, we have probably gotten more of these kinds of notes this year than at, really at any time I can think of. But it's stories like yours, which are stories like our own, that are the reason we do this show the way the reason that, the way that we do it. Um, can I give her some consolation? Absolutely, you can. You I, bet. Here's, I'm worse than you. So there's. Let's start there. You're gaining inspiration from us. Well, if that's possible, who's us? Well, 
I'm worse than you. You you've you've been in and out. You've come and gone and and uh, given. Up. I I actually there's not a time in my life where I would have denied Christ, but I didn't act like it. That's that's worse. And 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 here I am getting to do what I do, having enough of a. Uh, uh, a, a, a mustard seed of a friendship uh, sparked with Steve, whatever that was now, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's now turned into this. Um, you're, you're not alone. You're not even close to alone. I, you're, you want to talk frustrations? Let's talk about my Pope. You want to talk frustrations? The Catholic Church in Germany is, you know, basically signing writ large under the whole uh, gay marriage tranny madness thing. It, it, we got, there are problems all over the place. That that is a a house with many many rooms. So, um, in our, we 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 share a brokenness that is undeniable, and it's not new to this day and age. It's it's the constant fight. It's a fight uh, the Lord Himself promised us would be there. So, Mother Teresa, another one. If you want to go there in terms of uh, the the dark nights of the soul that she faced. On and on and on. You are part of a rich tradition, sister, so carry on. <clears throat> Pardon me. Let me let me throw in some more encouragement for you as well, Stephanie, because that's well said, Todd. What without knowing you at all and listening to your story, I I think it's possible. I'm not a prophet. Okay. Um but but just studying how you know, the, the word of God and how he interacts with his people. I think it is possible that the reason you feel isolated like this is because God has you exactly right where he wants you. That Stephanie, what God wants most of all from you is a relationship directly with you. And yes, his church is the bride and it is, it is a necessary conduit for us as a community of believers to to worship together, to hold each other accountable, to support one another, etc. But ultimately, you are not saved by the association of a church. Your sins are not forgiven or atoned for because you belong to a particular association of like-minded, religiously affiliated. They're atoned for through Christ. And when I read your note, the one thing that's been that's missing here that is needed more than anything else, I think, for you and for all of us is a direct individual relationship with your Savior. And maybe the reason why there's it seems like some doors are kind of shutting on you right now is because God wants you to come directly to Him at this point in your life. You know, you've been seeking the right conduit the right, the right way to plug in, the right association. And the right association is you and him. That's the, that's the right association. And maybe, maybe start there. You're out in the sticks. You have plenty of free time. Well, you're working, but plenty of time away from the hustle and the bustle. And, and maybe start unplugging in a place right there and try that. You, one-on-one, with your creator. And then maybe that's later on when you'll start to see other doors open 
once that initial relationship is solidified. That's just my two cents. This from Chris in Florida. My 23-year-old son that lives with us has told us that his girlfriend that lives with her mom is pregnant. They have been together for four years. We're like Dear Abby now, but that's okay. (laughs) They have been together for four years and it seemed to be in a serious relationship for a long time. Once the baby is born, if it was you, would you allow your son and his girlfriend to stay the night in the same room at your house? Backstory, my son moved out two and a half years ago, lived with his girlfriend in their own apartment for a year, and about six months ago, he asked to come home so he could save money. We've always loved our son and supported him, but he knows we have never supported his living with his girlfriend without being married, but we've never shunned her or him. We just made it clear that we have rules of our home if they if they would like to you know stay or be a part of that. Now that she is pregnant, he asked if she could start spending the night sometimes. He asked before, and our answer has always been no. I still told him no again, but it got me thinking, what do we do after the baby is born? Any thoughts or guidance would be uh, appreciated. And I'll be asking some godly friends uh, the same question. Chris, I first of all, dude, props to you for even attempting to navigate the road of, I love my son unconditionally. But um, I, I, he, I, he doesn't, he cannot abuse that love or manipulate it to get me to violate um, my God who loves me unconditionally enough to die for me. And therefore, you know, I host some accountability and allegiance to him. I, a lot of parents won't even try in this day and age, won't even try to do the math you're attempting to do right now. They won't even try it. They'll either, they'll, they'll either do the shunning, you know, uh, um, the power of Christ compels you, heathen. Uh, or, you know, they'll just change their entire moral out, frame, framework. Well, I don't want to be mean to my son and his girlfriend, right? Do you, isn't that what you often see? Mm-hmm. Do you even see people even a try, often trying to walk this, the, the navigate this narrow road, road that he's on, right? I don't see no, it they, all too often at all. They do the opposite. Well, I, now that I have the, the gay son, I guess right. being gay is good for everybody and everything and God loves it. So. Or, or I couldn't possibly invite him back into my home again because he's, he's, he's under the spell of the only yeah, unforgivable that, sin. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I, before I say anything else, let me start with that. I, and, and this is, that, by the way, I'm not setting you up to get, you know, creamed. I just realized that before I gave an answer, it is so rare to find a parent that even attempts to navigate the whole hate the sin, love the, or hate the sin, love the sinner thing with their own children that you don't just don't see it very often. So with that said, I, I think it's possible that you're committing a tactical error that, that a lot of believers do when it comes to voting. A lot of times we, when it comes to voting, we will, oh man, I mean, if this guy's not, what do I do? I mean, this guy doesn't have this, doesn't, I mean, who do I vote for? Are you the candidate? Who's the candidate? The candidate. You're the voter. Why are you in any other business relationship? I love these two guys. They're not just my employees. They're my friends. Okay. Other than if we have other than because they're my friends, I do care for their opinion and ask for it. But when it comes to matters of how to run, you know, the processes of my business, Healthcare plans, days off. I mean, the, the fundamentals of running my business. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to run over them, but ultimately, who's, whose company is this? Mine or, mine or yours? Yours. Yours. 
So while, you know, the viewpoint of my employees, because I would like you to remain my employees, so therefore I take that into consideration, but is it, is it, is it determined, is it the determination in, in the decisions I make from a business owner standpoint? No. No. Is it, is it a consultation? Sure. Sure. But in the end, after I've listened to your consultation, if it's not the right thing for the business, I'm going to do what I think is right because it's my business. It might be wrong what would I choose to do, but it's, that's, it's, you know, it's my name on the marquee. So it's my, you know, it, it's my responsibility. Similarly, that's not your girlfriend. That's not your child. It's his. Why are you, why do we worry about whether the candidates will measure up to our standards? We're the boss. Whose job is it to measure up to the standard? The candidate, not me. Similarly, you're, you're putting the pressure on yourself. Don't. I wouldn't do that. You already have a standard. You've upheld it. I wouldn't alter it. Now, I would suggest this though, and you guys can both tell me what you think of this. To me, I think you turn this around on your son. Instead of wrestling with, well, you know, they've got a kid now. Do I, what do I say and do if they want to come to my home and stay in the home? I'd go to my son and I'd say, hey, you don't really want your kid to have the security of knowing that his mom and dad are really committed to one another. This is the crux of the matter right here. And that you, you, don't want your, you don't want your son or daughter, I don't, I'm not sure the gender, I'm just going with son for now. Uh, you, you, don't want, you don't want your son to grow up knowing that it's not easy for mom and dad just to bolt and run out on each other and run out and, and, and split up their family. I mean, you're taking on this responsibility, man. Don't you think as a, you know, it's time for you to man up a next level man up here and, and do the right thing and join the long tradition of men, okay, that have been going on for 6,000 years. What's the most common cause of marriage in human history? Well, it's probably not true love. More often than not, that's more of a Western mindset in the last few centuries. The most common cause of marriage, when, when those that are not arranged, have been somebody is with child. That, that's been the most common cause of marriage throughout the course of human history. So you would not be the first man uh, to marry out of order and then uh, figured out uh, ex post facto how to make it right. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the conversation I'd be having with my son. Guys, what do you think? Yeah, I think. I think you listen. You don't want to have a fight every time your son comes over, but you need to do right. What's right by you and your relationship with God. And listen, if you don't want it, the topic to come up verbally every time, but if he knows he comes over, that the conversation is being had just by him coming over and knowing the rules. You're, you, it's, I'm saying this once. You should be married. You're doing this to yourself. It's not something I'm doing to you. You're always welcome in my home, but this is the rule, and it's a rule that I hope continues to remind you that you are not meeting your obligations to her and that baby. I'm I'm at the end of the line, quite frankly, mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, this. It sounds like, of course, expectations were not uh, were not met here in this situation, and this is much like the, the first email. Uh, in this segment that we took, you know what? This guy is responsible for his relationship with his maker, not for his son's relationship with his maker. Um, so apply the standard fairly, uh, be accountable to your to your God, um, and and you know let the chips fall where they may. But don't don't. There's there's absolutely no n- n- there's there's nothing to be gained at all from fretting about. Um, 
you know, what should be done or what it sounds like this guy knows what the right thing is to do mm-hmm. now, just apply that in his home. And if that's not, uh, you know, if, if that's not agreeable, uh, to his son, then that's, that's his son's problem. All right. This seems like the perfect email for this show to end the year on. This is from Joel Klein. Mr. Dace, you should be incensed and righteously indignant more often. Your show is actually fun to listen to when you get on your game regarding stupid on a level never seen before. But are you aware of your descent into a disabling speech pattern that could be career ending? This habit is not helpful or pleasant to the listener. I become annoyed more quickly with each show I watch. The fact that Aaron is picking up on it to, is, to a worrisome degree, and even Todd does this to a smaller degree, it's driving me away. Think before you speak. You should be well-versed enough in your topics to speak far more fluently than you do. Assess yourselves with brutal honesty. It may save your career. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that not... Is that not the perfect, perfect note for us to end this thing on? It's perfect. It's perfect. Whatever, boomer. (laughs) What was the point? I love this so much. I sent it to our co-presidents, Gaston and Tyler. I sent this to them last night. (laughs) What speech patterns is he talking about? What is that? I don't even... Am I behind here? Oh... Uh, he didn't even bring up a specifics. It was just like total. I don't know. It's Joella. He, I don't know. Could be a she. Is Joella a female name? I don't know. Yeah, I think Joella is a, f- a female name. I mean, did you ever play was like your starting left tackle named Joelle? Well, Joel Embiid, he's a basketball There you player. go. Yeah. That, that, so it could be. But it's I still possible. don't know what he's talking about. Uh, he's yeah, talking about the, speech pad. What is he talking about? Like, I, I don't know, I was, but I love it. I love it. I was expecting you. like a, a stutter, like we're, we're stuttering and we don't even know it or we're dropping just, I, I don't know. It's, I got something like this recently where I, I, I was, I, I accused rightly so uh, somebody of a t- t- uh, tyranny and the guy back, oh no, not after this last week. You don't get to accuse anybody of tyranny. It was about, this is one of the defenders of porn. So I just said, uh, thanks for the input, porn stash. Uh, Well, on that note. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Merry Christmas to both of you. Congratulations, uh, Aaron, as well, on your future. Thank you. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be talking more about that when we uh, when we come back from break. We've got a long break coming up. I'm looking forward to it. We come back. Not that I I, I won't miss you guys, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back again on uh, Monday, January the sixth. We'll miss all of you. We won't miss each other, but we will miss all of you. But you'll be in good hands. With whom we don't know. We're just sure they'll be good. All right. We will see you all again on Monday, January the sixth, as the 2020 election gets underway. For reals. Until then, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and John 317. The truth, straight, no chaser. Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.